mom, I'm coming home. I'm in the next chapter, put away all my credentials. Then I crucified the actor, traded all I thought I wanna be. For what I know I'm supposed to be. Walking with the Lord, but know the devil's right in front of me. I still feel the sun shining on my shoulder. So what's ministry been like, man? <clears throat> oh man, it's been it's been awesome. Um I think like it's not what I'm about to say, it's it's not doctrinal, but I I really feel like I have the best life. Like, I feel like God is better to me mm. than he is to anyone else. And I know that's not true, but it just, it, it feels that way. It's so overwhelming. Just the grace, the love, mm. the mercy that's poured upon my life. Mm. It just blows me away. And I think a huge part of that, just getting to to serve the Lord. Um, so many different changes and maybe to to the world or to people who aren't right there. It mm. doesn't look like things are changing and you know, I, I remember, uh, so I hit 25 and I felt like, man, I've been been at the chapel five years. And I, I never pictured myself being there that long. I figured I'd be in the Philippines or I'd be in some other country doing whatever. But um, I wouldn't want it any other way. Mm-hmm. I think there's just so many things that God shows me in those moments. Um, and maybe I, like, the whole, like, service aspect of it and the... Uh, like I don't, maybe I don't see the fruit or I don't see like the numbers increase or all those things that you would want to deem as success. But just the, like in those little moments, like the Lord ministering to me, remembering like, man, like I was just this person who was drowning. You know, I was this person, you know, trying to stay afloat. Maybe I had a idea of trying to get from point A to point B, but somewhere down the way, I just, you know, shipwreck, hmm. but, you know, then being rescued and who am I, you know, to be rescued and brought onto this new life to try and take the helm and steer, you know, the direction and the course of, you know, where my life is supposed to go. Hmm. You know, I, we have a more than capable captain, you know, but I think just to sum it up, like, man, I just see God like working in like a lot of the kids, like there's like a few kids that I'm just so, like, so stoked about, like seeing their passion for the Lord. And I think it's uh, in a weird way, like it probably doesn't make sense, but it just it's like I could die. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm at peace, like seeing like there's a younger generation that maybe just starting to get things earlier than I did. Hmm. And I, I mean, hmm. what more can I ask for? You know, just seeing God work, even if it's in sometimes I, I get so critical and it's like, man, God, like, like, I feel like nothing's happening in my life. But then when I take, you know, that perspective off of myself and I just look around and like, I just start to see like what God is doing. Mm. Um, you know, what more can I ask for? Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I think there's a, there's a godly hallmark that's like inevitably it's like blossomed in in us when we really have our eyes on the lord when we when we put our eyes on ourselves even as christians we're wondering we're curious about what god is doing through us mm-hmm. it's still very selfish in nature oh, yeah but when you continue to put your eyes on the lord I, I i realized that even in the midst of storms i started to find joy like in other people like mm-hmm. in a weird way vicariously like even though i usually talk against vicarious living and I still do in mm-hmm. its in its, in its um, fleshly state, but but vicarious joy, like to look at somebody and see what God's doing in them and feel 
somehow that that that's making you excited you know mm -hmm. and for a lot of my life i didn't have that and it's so crazy to hear you talk about young people around you <laughs> because like that's the way i see you mm -hmm. like in my mind i'm like dude like i i i can feel this joy in me that there's a next generation behind me that mm. are like young guys that God's like raising up. Like he's a person to me that's young in my mind. Like you're a person to me that's like young in my mind. But then I realized when I talk to other people, like other guys that I respect, they think I'm young still. They're like, Oh dude, you have, you, you're not, and I'm like, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm to me. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I missed my opportunity or something, you know? I feel like I, I <clears throat> passed, I'm past my prime. <laughs> I hit my peak in sixth grade, you know. How old are you? I'm 25 now. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, what people don't understand, and and hopefully it kind of comes <clears throat> out because if somebody listens, they don't know who you are. Right. This is Bo, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, That's right. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you've been around ministry your whole life, mm -hmm. and that always brings – um, I'm really excited about today. Well, I always like just hanging out with you, but um, I'm excited about today because there's two things that I, I recognize about you. One, you're you're not trying to make your story something that's not. You're just trying to tell the truth about like wh who you are and what God's doing in your life. And so often, people in ministry they find their favorite person and they they kind of liken areas of their story to that person's story. So mm. they they tend to tell their story accentuating certain things or you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and I just don't feel like that's you. You're like, I mean, right off the top, you're telling me like, do you feel like God's better to you? And I could be honest and say most of my walk, I felt the opposite. Mm -hmm. I felt looking around and like, man, I'm f following the Lord best I can. And these things are happening to me. Like the, the like these things are coming upon me, mm -hmm. but in some weird way, it doesn't invoke jealousy. It just, it, it brings like joy and it brings confidence in me because it's authentic. Like it's not, we're not Christians are not people that are just trying to match stories and say, this is what it's like to be a Christian, right. you know? And that's the most important thing for me about this podcast is like that, that there's so wide spectrum, right? So mm -hmm. anyways, the things I'm excited about is to, to today is <clears throat> you don't have this like, story of like i was in the world like didn't know nothing and then i came to know jesus mm -hmm. and then two even as a christian you don't have this like oh i'm just like i'm just beat up by like life and like so god humbled me and he's, you know so i'm mm -hmm. curious what <clears throat> what that was it we both uh, cleared throats at the same time <laughs> what's what's it like obviously your dad's a super respected man amongst a large congregation of people mm-hmm and as a kid, you're being raised solid. Like you, your relationship with your dad is great. Your relationship with your mom is mm -hmm. great. And, you know, the words being poured into you since you're a kid. I can remember you being in the little classes, <laughs> like Kung Fu classes um, when you were super little. Like yeah. that's like my first image of you in my mind. And um, so, so can you, can you share a little bit about what it's like to like still be under a pastor who was like your dad's pastor since you were born? Yeah, no. Um, I guess even to give a little bit more backstory. Yeah. Um, my my dad was he grew up in Baldwin Park, so he was one of those kids that when Raw would come to Baldwin Park High, my dad was one of those guys who would throw the milk in like the 
like the the muffins or whatever. <laughs> Not raw. You know. yeah. But um, you know that he ended up hearing the gospel through raw. Mm. Um, he didn't even go to Baldwin Park. He would ditch to to go hang out with people at Baldwin yeah. Park. But he heard the gospel. That's interesting. And uh, you know it was a message that pierced his heart. One of his friends, like maybe that week, led him to the Lord. Mm. But um, after that, you know the rest of his family, the his his siblings, and then. Uh, my grandma and my grandpa it took it took years uh not until like later in his life uh he came to the lord but it was so ingrained and it just it it didn't seem like it was something forced or like i was brainwashed or it just it sent, it seemed like this is just part of life and not in like the like oh it's just part of life like mm. you know we're just doing it just to do it it was like this is our life and we mm. need to do these things not because we have to, but like this is a privilege, and um, I want to. I guess I'll say too, though, uh, as a young kid, I learned how to. I learned how to pray. I learned how to be a Christian, but I didn't know hmm. who Christ was. I didn't know um, who I was praying to. So I knew how to pray before I knew the person I was praying to. So at I, that point, then we can, we can aptly like assess that. It mu- it th- at that point it feels the same way like maybe a Muslim kid w- raised in his faith feels or like a yeah, you know perhaps, it's like yeah <coughs> excuse me um, or like the way you know anybody feels when they're when they're around something mm-hmm. that that's been instilled to them mm-hmm. and because you mentioned something that's super important you said you you knew how to pray and you knew like about Jesus all about Jesus but you didn't really know him right right so I'm just no it was uh I saw and maybe it was like a um I saw like the outcome of what it looks like to have a devotional life Mm. you know I saw my parents you know give their whole hearts like fully and completely to the Lord and I saw what happened in return Mm. the joy the the hope the peace um I remember mm. one of my early memories. I guess not that early, but um, I'll, I'll share this. But uh, my earliest memory is my mom and dad coming back from from the hospital, um, and I could tell they were trying to like hold back tears. I can try. They were. I can tell they were trying to just, you know, put on an appearance of, you know, like nothing's wrong, but. I could tell they were deeply hurt. I just, as a little kid, that's what I remembered. But, mm. you know, as I grew up, like just understanding what that was, it was just one of the many times that my mom faced a miscarriage. Mm. And so there, it, it happened seven times in total. Wow. But um, I want to say like a big part of uh, my testimony was like knowing that mm. like, even though my mom and my dad experienced, you know, a lot of heavy, heart-wrenching things, not once did they ever question God. Mm. Not once did they stop doubting that they were loved by him, they were cared for by him. <coughs> and even <coughs> as I started to, just in my childhood, um, um, when the recession hit, my dad lost his mm. job. And I mean, I never knew how crazy things got because I mean, still praise, mm. still worship the Lord. And yeah, they had faith. And I think there's there's probably so many different things that a parent can try and teach their child that they could try and instill in their child, but 
the things that impact the most, at least I can say for myself, you know, seeing how they responded to adversity. Mm -hmm. I want to say that like across the board, you know, someone could have all these accolades, all these achievements, like accomplish so much in their life. But to me, like, cool, like, congrats. But seeing the way they handle adversity, like, Mm -hmm. that's what ministers to me. Dang. Like when, when you're actually put to the fire and, you know, you see them going through it, but you also see in that same, in that same vein, they're still praising the Lord. They're still worshiping God. And, um, you know, that's just what I pray that my life would be. Mm. Like, I can say all these things now, like I was just saying earlier, like, oh, I have the best life. And well, God were to take everything away. God were to change a lot of those things that I praise him for. Would I still Mm. praise him for something else, you Mm. know? And I hope I would. Um, and if I'm ever met with that, you know, that moment, that that trial or whatever, um, you know, I pray that I would respond like my parents mm. did. Um, but that that was real impactful for me. And me, even if it was something that I didn't like pursue right away, like oh, that was like the oh, I need to see seek the Lord the way they are. But you know, it still was ingrained in my mind. And when I would face something. And it was ultimately, I want to say, like, I probably accepted Christ like 50,000 times. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just like I was pretty hard on myself even as a kid. Still are. Pro- yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But it was like a um, this realization of sin, but I didn't understand justification. And there was this constant, like, Oh my gosh! Like I need to, I need to give my life to the Lord again and again mm-hmm. and again. And um, but I, I think it was more like I would accept Christ. But I want to say it was high school, um, my junior year, the the day that it it was specifically August fifth, twenty thirteen. Uh, that's when I don't think it was just uh, me accepting Christ, but I finally gave my life over mm-hmm. to Him. It was the uh, I want you to be my Lord, not mm-hmm. just my Savior. And I think there was, for most of my young life, that's what I wanted, just to be saved. Hmm. But now it was, hmm. God, I want you to that's be my deep. Lord. I want you to rule over every detail of my life. And, you know, in the time since, it's just one thing at a time. And maybe it was slow progress or maybe it was felt like no progress at all. And did I change? Am I growing? Am I, you know, any more like you than I was years ago? And there's times where I doubt that there's times where I'd question that, but you know, um, like again, just going through the people in my life that God has really used to impact. Like I think of my parents and my grandma, Mm -hmm. um, the impact that she's made, not just to me, but to like so many other people that wasn't, that was never her goal. Like she didn't wake up and like, I want to impact the world. And she wanted to go deep with God. And because she had a deep relationship with the Lord, like because my parents have a deep relationship with the Lord, they're making a deep impact. And I think I try to do it in the reverse way. Like I thought, oh, if I do all this and I, mm. you know, change the world and I wanted to do so much for God mm. without like spending that quality time with God. Letting the impact <clears throat> be a byproduct of just your walking with him rather right. than it being the aim. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for sure. I, I focused more on the destination rather than the journey. And I think there's so much joy to be had in the journey. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't feel that way, if like, oh, man, like I'm taking one step at a time, Lord, and it's mm-hmm. difficult, it's tough. But 
the journey is there's so much joy in the journey there's so much um truth revealed in in the preparation Mm. uh you think of you know david you think of like all that time he spent as as a shepherd you know it was necessary for him to be a shepherd of the israelites Mm. you know for for moses you know again he was brought to the wilderness and he became a shepherd and I think in in different seasons of life, like I can see like God bringing me to the wilderness, but mm. then in that wilderness, like there's other sheep that you need to guide to me, mm. the the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's just uh, I see that like reoccurring theme in my life, um, but through you know different people, through my parents, mm. through my grandma, uh, I mean through you guys too. Like Sal had such a huge impact um, that in the. It was like uh, when I think of how providential the Lord is, like it was like at the perfect time. It was mm. like a, such a difficult season of my life. And then God brings me a brother in Sal that, you know, when everyone was thinking one thing about me or saying one thing about me, like Sal, like it's almost like ah, I don't care what people say or what people think. And uh, it just poured into me, mm. you know, and the impact that he made. It wasn't because, like, I'm sure his goal wasn't, I'm going to make this guy into mm. a servant and whatever. He mm. just wanted to to share what God was sharing with him. Mm. And I think for whoever is listening, like, when we just make that effort to go deep with God, and that was one of the early conversations, like, like I guess I, I was probably complaining about something. I'm good at <laughs> complaining. Uh, but Sal just... Like, it didn't really answer what I was talking about. He just says, are you ready to go deeper? And then I was just like, sure, yeah. But I remember that as, like, a a key point in my life. Like, God was able to start, like, Mm. orchestrating different things. And, the like, I had maybe doctrinal knowledge in my mind, but applying it in my heart and when the enemy would attack and when I would face condemnation, when I would you know, feel so unworthy, but then remembering, like, all those doctrine truths, like, just because going deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but, ah, man, I probably didn't answer your question no, at all. No, I no, just went that on, was like, bad. This, no, yeah. I went on this crazy tangent. That's, well, that's, yeah, I wanted to say uh, that your story is those testimonies of you see God keeping a person. Uh, even throughout your time of of having god and jesus taught to you but not fully understanding what a relationship with jesus looks like god was keeping you mm. and he didn't uh, allow for you to go too far off and you yourself thankfully with your parents and just the situation was you didn't have to experience some terrible things that right. now and then and then when you finally come to that realization 2013 where it's like okay it's not just about religion Mm -hmm. it's about having a real relationship with god all of a sudden you start to flourish and one of the the things that we see is just really the faithfulness too of of god putting your parents there it's like a beautiful picture to Mm -hmm. me because i remember same like i remember him as a little kid on a mammoth retreat he had to be like five or six years old and and then still seeing you mature and grow and i was a little kid too like i was only five years older than you Mm -hmm. but but I went on a much different path than you. And then so to see, man, God has kept Bo. And then, uh, yeah, we had some really awesome talks in, in radio and just oh, yeah. uh, would would be encouraging my time there <clears throat> with, with Boaz. And I, I think one of the big things was um, for Bo, and this is something that Mikey taught me, uh, was really 
pouring into someone without any return, mm-hmm. you know, not expecting any, any anything back or not expecting anything from the the people you're, that you're pouring into, just saying, hey, like, I'm going to give you everything I got. Mm-hmm. Like everything that the Lord's showing me, I, I just want to give it all. I, like I, <laughs> I, it didn't come at a price for me. Mm-hmm. So there's not me, an agenda yeah, behind it. You know? Yeah. So I, I mean, that's how our relationship just kicked yeah. off. No, and I think what's so cool too, um, when you had gone back into AC, uh, your encouragement was like, go, go, do the same. You know, um, and I think even before that, like there was like this, you know, strong encouragement to go find a Timothy and pour into him. Mm. And I think maybe for a while it was probably a work of the spirit that I tried to do with, you know, uh, through the flesh, mm. um, just my own ability, my own uh, knowledge or whatever. And um, and that that is so discouraging to do any work of the spirit through means yeah. of the flesh. <laughs> so like, man, that's, that's tough. But yeah. um, <clears throat> just having that excitement and uh, one of the things I'll share. So I shared how, you know, my mom and dad had experienced, you know, seven miscarriages. But for me as a kid, that was the one thing that I'd pray for all the time. I'd pray, God, I want a little brother, little sister. You know, I was always praying for siblings. And some point in time, it just became something that I'd cross off that prayer list, something that I believed like God didn't want to answer. And not that I thought any less of God for that, but you know, um, it was just something I gave up on. But in hindsight, like, I remember being at a retreat and someone just sharing with me, like, man, you're more of, like, a brother to me than my own brother. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, like, oh, like, just all of it, like, I'm, mm-hmm. dang. All of it coming, like, flooding in at that one moment, like, God, I can't believe I doubted you. Yeah. I I prayed a, f- a prayer, you know, for so long. And, you know, um, to me, like, mm. to think that you would never come through with it. Mm. And, you know, God was just, like, blowing me away. Like, I've answered it. Mm. And I was just waiting for you to find out, you mm. know. And I saw then the, the brothers and sisters I had in ministry, the people that I was serving alongside of, the, the, the little kiddos in the children's classes, the people in high school ministry and it was just like this overwhelming like god you've answered that prayer Mm. and i doubted you i didn't think you were ever going to um and then and it was like that it was just god like telling me like bo that's just the beginning like Mm. i loved you to bring and i brought you brothers and sisters but i love you so much more than that i'm putting a call upon your life that now i'm i'm calling you to bring more brothers and sisters into this family and like to me, like that is such a um, uh, an excitement. Mm. I think that was something I've always struggled with was being, you know, alone. Um, my mom, dad, both working, mm. and me like being like this only child. And um, I remember watching some show. I don't even remember what show it was, but I remember hearing my laugh echo. And like it's like one of those things. Like when you find so funny, you're just like ah, and you like you know yeah. you like grab whoever's next to you. But you know There's I had no, no one. I had no one next mm. to me, and that was something that I always, I think, strive to uh, try to fill that void. Mm. And I think there's points and moments in my life where, you know, I would seek companionship and I would Mm. seek like just people around me. But even in times where I had tons of friends and 
Like I was out all the time and I was, you know, out late and talking even things of God just till, you know, like two three in the morning, two, three in, the car. in the car. You call it deep talks with Bo. Yeah. <laughs> and still, still feel mm. just as alone. But yeah. I, I guess I backtracked to, you know, 2013, um, having those, you know, thinking like t- taking a view of my life and, and I have no reason to feel this empty. I have no reason to feel so alone, but why do I feel that way? And I never had that intimacy with the Lord. And I just wanted to know him as, as a savior, but having him as my Lord, like he was the friend I needed. He was the companion I needed. He was, you know, the, the void in my heart that I was trying to fill in so many other ways. Um, and even to this day, there's, you know, seasons where I would begin to feel lonely, but now I'm just like, man, God, that is so disrespectful to you. That is so, that is just a slap in the face to you Mm. to, to feel that way when you are there with me, Mm. you know, when you are forever, you know, standing at the door of my heart and you're knocking, you're just waiting for me to allow you to come in and you're content to be there. You don't complain when I don't let you in. And I might complain about someone I might, I might treat people like that, but when I treat you like that, you still just mm. love me. Mm. And, you know, the just the whole, like, getting to pour into others, it, it really meant more to me knowing that this is a family. Mm. And, like, the, the blood that we're, like, the way mm. we're related, it's not, you know, it's not, like, DNA, it's not, all that stuff, but it's the blood of Christ. That's and, crazy. And yeah. it's just such a deeper thing. <clears throat> and um, maybe I don't have that understanding of like, oh, you don't know what it's like to be a brother or like to mm. have siblings or, mm. and like, I, I get upset with myself if I, if I say I was an only child and I'm, I never was, mm. you know, even mm. when I thought I was, and even when I prayed for so long, like never was an only child. You know, the, the, there's something that there, that's, like, so, in this conversation, like, it feels like I'm, like, barely touching on, like, barely reaching and barely touching on some ideas that I just know are part of, like, God's hand in the way we can be successful as parents, as, you know, brothers to each other, like... And the reason why I say that is because earlier when you were mentioning, when you first started your story about um, being raised and being raised in a Christian home, and you heard me say something like, you know, that must be the way like a Muslim kid feels, you know, it's like all they see is just, there was already taught how to talk, how to pray, mm-hmm. who God is, who would, but then you started, as you kept talking, you started to dive into this like separation, yeah, right? And what I realized that your dad and mom nailed and I'm and I'm the reason why I'm focusing so much on it is because it is the mystery in my life and it is the great mystery in Christianity and that is the Christian man's child Hmm. right like you can't you know pastors you know people like that love the Lord love Jesus served and then they can't control the direction of their children Mm -hmm. nobody can it's just not it's mm-hmm. not part of the equation that we get to like, right. you know, there is God's promise about raising a child up in the ways of the Lord, but yet 
we see over and over again these examples of like just variations of mm-hmm. some that stay with the Lord and some that go in these crazy directions yeah. and then end up coming back or, you know, such things like that. But I feel like I feel like I've got a chance to peep through a keyhole for a second in your conversation and see something that I maybe have never really seen before. And that mm-hmm. is you, you talked a lot about how your parents were not and your grandma and like where they were not trying to be Christians. Mm, they were yeah. not trying to show you yeah. this is how we are Christians. They were being Christians. Mm-hmm. And and that's where like let me draw a quick parallel. Mm-hmm. There there's a there's a husband and wife that the husband just got the opportunity to start serving, right? The pastor's like, "Hey, you've been coming for a while." And I want to know if you'd be willing to stand up in the front and pray with people or something like that. And now he's like, it's happened. Like God has opened the door. I'm part of what God's doing now. Mm-hmm. And he goes home and he's like, listen, honey, we're going to have to really be on top of our game. If I'm going to be standing in front of there, you know, we got to make sure, you know, let's, let's throw out the action movies at our house or, you know, let's like, yeah. you know, remember. And then, and then Satan is creeping in without him realizing mm-hmm. like, the importance of Christ is being heightened yeah. because of that scenario, right? And this becomes a hallmark danger in a child's upbringing because Christ and the importance of him is being heightened by the way people feel about the minister, the person serving, mm-hmm. the way we feel like people are looking at us so we need to be careful, we need to do this. And when you're raised in an environment that is teaching you that you need to put a face on for the Lord, that becomes dangerous in your growth. But in your story, your dad's, your, your, the Christianity is being lived out mm-hmm. in, in your parents' struggles. Like they're mm-hmm. going through this terrible thing, but you're witnessing that their faith in Jesus is carrying them through this terrible thing in their life. It's not like your dad's like, well, listen, we got to go. It's like Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with the conversation. It's what has to do with the Lord in his life is what's happening, you know, and, and he, but he's, so here's what I'm trying to get at because I took the long route there, but is I'm trying to take note in my own life, in my own marriage, and when I give counsel to people that come up to me that are raising kids or that they're having, you know, they're like, we just want to make sure that we set the right example for our children. And I'm mm-hmm. like, the only way to do it right is not to try to do it mm-hmm. just to keep your eyes on the Lord. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what I meant earlier when I said, I feel like we're touching on, like I'm looking through a keyhole just for a second because it's so easy to do things in order to do them right instead of them just being something that's happening because your eyes are on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's the separation between religions. That's the separate, that's what makes it completely different. But the odd thing is, is that there's a parallel difference between the way your dad was doing it and the way other Christians even Mm -hmm. were doing it, not just Christians versus other religions, but even within Christianity, mm-hmm. the way to do it correctly and the way to not do it correctly. And two, from an outside view, could be so close to that man, hypothetical man I brought up earlier, that now has opportunity to stand in front of the church and, you know, be a part of ministry. He's now trying to get his family to be in line with that. 
that's not the right way to do it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say that to insult anybody, but right. that's not the right way to do it because what you're going to end up with is you're planting seeds that suggest that our holiness is a byproduct of opportunity, mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. that our that our godliness is a mm -hmm. byproduct of like something that we've, you know, got a chance to do rather than our godliness is just a byproduct of our eyes on Jesus and our relationship mm -hmm. with him. You know, so I don't know if that... Yeah, no, that, that just resonates with me because there can be... Uh, I remember there was a season in my life where I felt like I was getting really close to the Lord whenever, whenever I would get an opportunity to teach. Mm -hmm. And then when I wouldn't teach, then there'd be seasons of just downtime. I would feel like just myself get more into the flesh, get more into, into my, my old lifestyle. And I, I remember specifically, that was one thing that Mike, I, I came to him and talked to him about. I was like, I feel like when I teach, like I get so close to the Lord. And then when it's like, when it's not, I'm not. And he says, he, he showed me, look, like you need to be more joyful about being obedient to the Lord than mm -hmm. about the outcome. Um, and I, that's so important right now. What I really want to dive into in my own personal walk is allowing God to do that in work in me mm -hmm. before I even hmm. focus on the outwork, right. you know? And I, I think that's, that's missing in a lot of people's lives. You know, it's an addiction really to get uh, focused on the outwork where we start to see uh, people's lives change. We start to see uh, young people, they're, they're overcome, uh, overcoming sin. And then all of a sudden, in order to not lose what God's been doing, you're willing to compromise in your life. Mm. You're willing to, mm. to allow sin to just, you know what, like, uh, well, I, I, I'm not gonna to bring out sin in my life and, and confess and, and try to change because I've built up now this, uh, you know, this little spiritual platform that I don't want taken away from and me. Like an avatar of yourself, yeah. mm. you know? And, and that's, a, that's a dangerous place. And one thing that I see your parents doing mm. is your dad's a layman too, on top of his ministry. Mm -hmm. or, or I shouldn't say on top, but complementing his ministry. Yeah. And he, he is an example for people who can be uh, busy about his father's business even outside of a church. Mm -hmm. you know and, and that i think that's something that that's also should be applied to people's lives it's like i'm realizing in this conversation how impactful your dad is it's kind of weird like i rewind in my mind all the years that i've known him and i don't think i've ever seen him and thought oh that's the marriage ministry guy i don't think i've ever done that mm. you know i don't think i've ever looked at him and said oh he's here because he's you know, he met Rawl at this point, or like sometimes we do that with people. Like we, we categorize them as to like how they became a part of the ministry. Mm. But I don't think I've ever done that with your dad. And I also don't think I've ever platformed him in my mind. Like, oh, he's the, but as I'm, as I'm like rewinding, he's like, he's like this man who's like consistently there. And then the fruits of the spirit and the joy of the Lord that people talk about, they are not aims for him. They're just simply hanging on mm -hmm. his tree, you know, like, yeah. He's just being and like all these things are just there mm. as a byproduct mm -hmm. of like him just walking with the Lord and being a humble man, you know, and that's kind of interesting, man. Like it, make, it makes me want to continuously push my aim in the right direction. 
you know, sometimes talent can be a cripple, like mm. a crippling thing, I think, because you get recognized so quickly for things that are not like the everlasting mm. fruit, you know, like when you see this a lot, you know, when like people judge somebody because of their appearance, you know, like really handsome person has a lot of friends, you know, and then they all kind of collectively laugh at the kind of funny looking guy or kid or, mm. you know, and, and, but they don't realize that they've just allowed those things to get in their way because those, those things they didn't even pick. They can't even, they can't even keep those things, you know? And I, I, I it kind of makes you want to decrease and let the Lord increase, mm. you know, mm. like just, it doesn't matter. Like maybe you do look cool. Maybe you don't, doesn't really matter. Like, can you let more of the Lord like shine off of your life and let it be just less about that? Right. And I always mm. trip out on that one. It, it's funny that people who think that they're great, think that they look amazing or think that they're cool or whatever. They kind of have the same crippling issue that a person who's extremely self-conscious has. Mm. So like when a person's extremely self-conscious, they they think they're less because of what they look like but their eyes are still on Self. what they look like yeah mm. and then when somebody thinks they're awesome because of what they look like their eyes are still on what they look like you know and the encouragement for both of those people is just stop thinking about that mm -hmm. you know and mm. it's kind of crazy you know <laughs> just us as people like we put all these things in our way and and yet all that we really need to do is just put our eyes on the lord you know mm -hmm. you talked about something earlier bro that just hit so deep bro like family in the lord like like people like christians in my life have served me in ways that they'll never even understand that mm -hmm. they have like it's crazy to look at a person and you can't even understand fully in your own mind like why you love that person so much but it's because of what they've like done for you mm. that they like that they didn't even realize it wasn't an aim you know a psychologist has an aim he's got to get to the bottom find mm -hmm. out what it is right. and then answer that question and fix that problem but a christian impacts in the same way but he doesn't even have an aim he's just being he's just letting mm. god work through his life he's being and He's not even aware of how he's serving that person's trial, like soul or weakness or, you know, pain or whatever, you know. And that's why it's so important for us to have fellowship, dude, oh, to, for sure. to get together mm -hmm. and talk and hang out, you know. Yeah, I felt the same way growing up. So I also didn't have any brothers. I have three older sisters, which I, I know that was already a benefit to just growing up. But I learned I remember later on in life, I just coming to a, a, pl a place where I realized, wow, actually not having a brother actually changed who I was as a person. Hmm. Um, and, and I always, from the time that I was a little kid, I recognized later on that I, I would reach out for like a best friend guy, hmm. a guy best friend, a guy best friend. Like there was a, a few dudes throughout junior high, high school who were like, me and me and this guy would we just linked up and then it was like we were homies for like i was like like for life basically mm. at that point mm. <clears throat> and um and then later on like fi kind of finding out just uh by seeing other guys who had brothers um blood brothers and, and seeing the bond there i started to see man i have always longed for that brother type fellowship in my life and which kind of 
in a in a strange way also is a blessing because it pushed me right. to seek out fellowship with other guys in ministry later on mm-hmm. and and having those uh that deep connection being able to to forgive also was another aspect of that mm-hmm. of saying look the the relationship that i desire um with my brother it has to become with forgiveness because brothers they fight mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was just a, a depth and, and to see even to, um, you know, I, I think one of the coolest blessings in the time that I was with you at Golden Springs was um, just getting to share with you and with Adolfo, David Kang, mm-hmm. just going, meeting together and going th- through the word and taking turns, giving each other little devotions like, hey, like. I, I we, what we would do is we would wake up super early, go to the gym at like five in the morning. Yeah, and we that set was it after up. that was after being out like super. Late. <laughs> <laughs> Who here was up late? Were you, were you up late last oh, night? Uh, uh, no, no, I was like no, I eleven. Think, yeah, maybe like uh, probably like midnight. Yeah, you know what me too. Yeah, that's funny. It was uh, I was with family. Um, this this week is like super heavy. Um, the twenty fourth is. Uh, that's my grandma's birthday. So she would have turned 92 mm. on Thursday. And then the 25th yesterday, um, that's the day that my grandpa um, on my on my mom's side passed away. Mm. And two two people who just tremendously impacted my life. Mm. But so like, yeah, I have all these like this flood of emotions. Mm. Um, like I've been I've been sitting in in bed for a while just because of my knee. Um, mm. But uh I watched I watched a movie and it just reminded me of my grandma and I just remember like like I had to pause it and I was just crying for like a solid <laughs> uh, ten what, minutes. What movie was it, dude? Dude, I, it was Coco. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so that that part, you know, the yeah. very last part. Oh goodness, And they're singing bro. "Remember Me." Yeah. The grandma starts singing. <laughs> and I, uh, oh, don't yeah. talk about it, bro. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Oh, it gets That's me. good. Gets yeah, me, that movie, bro. I don't know. It's funny, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, my my grandma. Well, actually, so my grandpa just turned, he's going to turn 91 in May. Wow. And his wife, my grandma, they're both still alive. Um, she came over to my house, my parents' house, uh, this past week. And uh, I've never seen her like this where we had to help her to get up, to go to the restroom. Yeah. And she's not in pain. Uh, she She's cognitive. Yeah. But... Uh, it's hard for her to lift her legs mm. and she has a little walker and just to get her to, to, um, she was, she was sitting in the, in the kitchen and then she just tells my mom, Hey, um, can I, can I lay down? I'm, I'm tired. So we help her get up. We take her to the couch and then lay her down on the couch. And then a little while later yeah. she wakes up. She's like, Hey, um, can I, I, I want, I need to use the restroom and to help her try to stand up. Oh man, I was like, whoa! Like I've I've never seen my grandma that way. Yeah, you know. And for me, it was it was a point where I realized, okay, the really the time is yeah. short. Time is short. No, and thank real. the Lord, her and my grandpa, they're they're believers. Yeah. Um, so I'm super like I, I'm not worried about them. But right. <laughs> it's it. What's also crazy on on a, on a good note is I, I think a few maybe two years ago she was telling one of my cousins he was like, hey grandma um happy birthday like you're gonna have like so many more like i I hope you have so many more she says oh 
I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so <laughs> she's ready. My my other grandma on my on my mom's side, um, she she has a uh, dementia, mm. and it it's tough because um, she gets so hard on herself when she forgets something because mm. she'll ask like me the same question like five times and mm. in just one sitting, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Oh, I already asked you that, huh?" And then she just starts to get sad. Mm. She feels like she's a burden. Um, and I, I, even with my other grandma, I just remember, um, you know, my mom and dad just really encouraging me to like, you know, come by her side and help walk with her. And I, and I see the parallel now. There was a time where I was growing up, getting stronger, but she is, you know, getting older mm-hmm. and growing weaker. Mm-hmm. And there was like a in a weird way, but that's just how it needed to be. Yeah. You know, there was a time where she, she had served me yep. and held me up, but now, you know, I see the roles shifting and the roles changing, but I see like, especially maybe, I don't know if it's just a Filipino thing, but she is just like so stubborn and she doesn't mm. want to be cared for. And I think mm. not out of selfishness, but it's out of her heart to be a servant. Mm. You know, it's, it's hard for her to receive Service. care. Yep. And I think I'm sure for all of us, like, it's uh, we'd much rather put ourselves, you know, mm. in that servant role than, you know, to be served. You know, it just sometimes it feels uncomfortable and mm. to even receive a blessing. And yeah. I know that's something that I've I've seen myself struggle with is in receiving grace and receiving or compliments grace or compliments yeah. or anything mm. like that. Because yeah. I know within me, like how prideful I can be or how I can take something and. Mm. And I'd rather just not hear yeah. it at all. I'd rather just like, no, just stop, stop, yeah, yeah. you know. But just thinking of like my, my grandma and my grandpa, like uh, I was I was losing it. Like um, mm. one of my favorite, we were last, so last night, one of the things we did, we just went around the table talking about our favorite memories. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done anything like that in forever. And just hearing everyone's story and hearing, you know, just again, like the deep impact that, you know, she made on so many, um, it just, uh, there was a legacy that was left and there was like a, she was just like the glue to the family. Uh, she called, I mean, everyone probably every day, but she made you feel like you were like the only person in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like when she prayed for you, she, you, you felt like that was her sole purpose for being alive was to pray that one prayer with you. Like you had that sense of importance and that urgency whenever she would call. Um, but that was just for everybody. She made you feel like you were like the favorite, her favorite person in the world, but she did that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had like, um, like she would remember every detail, like, oh, how was this test that you had to take or that one project you had to finish? Mm-hmm. Or she knew like every little detail of your life. And it wasn't like she had this photographic memory, but she committed those things to prayer. Mm-hmm. And because she would pray about those things, God would bring to her mind mm. just the details of everyone's life. And <laughs> there's so many times where we Man. try to do it, you know, the reverse. And even before you were talking about being a good example, um, how, how do you expect to be a good example? Like if you're not trying to just be more like Christ. Mm. And I think when that's just the sole like goal and aim is I want to be more like you. Like, Lord, I just want to be more like you. You naturally, the natural byproduct is you're more like Christ and you love people the way Christ loved people. Mm. It's, 
it's not like you said like that that illustration where the guy would you know um cut all these things off and you know almost in a, a legalistic way try to become more holy um realizing like i don't try to earn holiness or try to you know that that's something that's been granted upon me like mm. my righteousness is no longer my righteousness i've been given christ righteousness mm. and i think my grandma did that naturally just because mm. she had a heart for the lord um one of the things that like that i shared my favorite memory um so she had congestive heart failure but so she was for the last probably last few months of her life she was in in and out of the hospital but the time that it was real scary it was around her birthday um and around the same time i had just gotten knee surgery and um like to me like that is so little in comparison to like having like you know heart failure and all these different things and so she's in the hospital and she's still like bo how are you boas how are you doing <laughs> how's your knee uh you have an appointment tomorrow at 12 o'clock uh, and she's details. like she knew all the details but so she was so um concerned mm. and it is so unnatural for someone in their suffering to be so concerned with the suffering of others mm. and if there's anything that I, I would love to emulate that my grandma was good at was was that very thing, like caring so little of herself and what she's going through and still, how are you doing? Mm. How's, how's your leg? One thing she encouraged me with was um, she said, sometimes healing requires pain. Mm. And that's something I hold on to so tightly. Um, mm. But in a deeper way, like it made me think of the healing that I've experienced because God had grabbed a hold of my heart, you know, all the, the broken and shattered pieces, forming it back together, you know, giving, creating in me a, a new heart, a new life, a new joy, purpose. But for that healing to take place, there was, there was a tremendous amount of pain that Christ experienced, hmm. you know, on my behalf, on our behalf, you know, in order for me to experience this healing, there was this pain that Christ had suffered. And, I know she had just meant it about, you know, um, in terms of that surgery, but almost everything she said, you could just like take and, you know, there was so much more truth like embedded within it. Um, and I, that's something I like reflect on all mm. the time. Like the he healing mm. requires pain. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy, dude. I, I'm listening. I, I think, I think I'm learning a lot even right now about, how different parts of the body really serve other parts of the body mm. because of their uniqueness. You know, I'm listening to you guys talk and there's elements of like, there's elements of sorrow in my heart. Like my, I never knew either one of my grandfather, my real biological grandfathers and my grandmothers are long gone. And then, you know, I lost my mom. My mom died, you know, like, there's so much elements that I long for about family and godly grandparents and like people that, you know, those things like I, I see them and I, and I worry that if I ever get to become an old man, if I wouldn't even know how to do be do the old oh, man yeah. thing, you know, which is odd because I've always kind of <clears throat> been an old man in another <laughs> way. But um, but then there's things that I have had that were are tremendous. Like I have four brothers. I mean, I'm four. I actually, I do have four. I, there was one that 
he he ne- he never made it but um so that would be would be five of us just like you have siblings like that you'll meet mm-hmm. one day you know yeah. but um but i'm but of the ones that made it i have three older brothers and i have a tremendous relationship with my brothers probably and i'm not trying to brag but Probably the strongest relationship. You okay there, dude? You know you wanted to joke on that one. Dude. <laughs> I was like, man, I think he needs to take a bath. <laughs> and then, no, whenever it's the chair, you try to replicate the sound. It was a chair. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make that it sound again. Goes. You're like, I don't know. It was. That doesn't smell like a chair. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, no, I'm sorry, bro. No, that's no, fine. I, resist no, I, I, thought it, I thought it too. <laughs> I, no, I saw your <laughs> eyes. Oh, yeah. I, to play, oh my gosh. No. But my my relationship with my brothers is is crazy good. Like cra- like I meet other brothers and like yeah, that's my freaking brother. They don't even like each other. I'm yeah. like really, really, dude. And me and my brothers have this amazing connection, and I think that carried us through like all those missing pieces, you know. Um, but it doesn't feel like something I need to hide because you guys don't have brothers and I don't feel mm-hmm. I don't feel jealous that I don't know anything about grandparents like that like like that like mm-hmm. you guys do um also I see Sal's parents like their marriage like the hand in handness of them like because I serve here now mm-hmm. and um but I I see that and I'm like dang like I have no like my mom got cancer when I was seven mm. And then just fought it most of my life until she died, you know? So that's where, to me, you know, I relate to you, even though your story is different. When you're a little kid and you're having thoughts that other little kids aren't having. Yeah. You know, like, why are you aware as a little kid that your parents are fighting back tears when other kids are too busy playing with their little action figures or whatever, you know, like... Why are you noticing that there's an echo of emptiness in your house as a little kid? Like, these are things that I carried. So the interesting thing about you, though, Bo, is like you seem to be very in tune with the the shattered walk of a person as a well uh, as well as the joyful walk of a person. Yeah. Like you seem to be very parallelly in tune with both of those things, which are like opposites to each other. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I really don't think they are opposites. You know, yeah. hmm. to maybe for most people, they think there's no way I can be broken and be joyful. But I think there's no way you can truly understand the true depths of the joy that God has for you until you've you, mm-hmm. until you've been broken. Um, you know, one of my favorite illustrations is you know the way that sheep would just wander off constantly, trying to go its own way, maybe putting itself in danger, but to keep that sheep from wandering off, you know, the shepherd would take its its staff and break the legs of the sheep. And, um, you know, it almost seems, you know, morbid. What, yeah, yeah. What kind of shepherd is that? Yeah. The shepherd loves Especially the sheep. today's standard. Especially <laughs> in today's standard. You can't even spank your child. Yeah, or nothing, for sure. You're just a bad parent. To, to be broken and then by the same person that broke you to be lifted up, to be carried. And, you know, it's uh, it's two things happening as the, the breaking the pain, you know, that was required for that healing. It also healed and healed other things as well. Mm-hmm. That sheep now knows the voice of the shepherd in a way it never had before. You know, there's a closeness while that sheep is upon the shepherd's shoulder that it had never known. 
um, close to, to hear the voice, probably can even feel the heartbeat, you know, to be that in tune and that close with the shepherd, um, to be carried by the shepherd. I, I remember a time in my life where that was like a huge uh, issue with me. Um, I think even just recent, I found myself like asking God for strength to and ability to take care of all my problems. You know, I felt like, man, God, if you were to do this in my life, I could take care of this. And it's almost like you put like this like formulaic way of how God needs to move and operate in your life and you pray accordingly. Mm. But then I would go away feeling so weak and so broken. And I I really did see myself as that broken sheep upon the shepherd's shoulder. Mm. And I just, Lord, if I'm always broken, if I'm always weak like this, how am I ever going to be useful to you and to your kingdom? How can I fulfill the call that you've placed upon my life? God, how can I do what you've called me to do? And there was all these questions that had that I felt like I did not get the answer to. But as I'm broken, you know, the Lord comforts me. God just speaking with his still calm voice, Bo, I'm strong enough to carry every mm. sheep upon my shoulders. Mm. I'm strong enough for you to never take a step again in your life, to carry you throughout everything. Like, do you believe that? And, you know, to know that he's taking every broken sheep upon his shoulders. And whenever we veer off, even within the day, within the hour, our mind could go astray. Our heart could go and be prone to wander. But God is so faithful to bring us back and to carry us. Um, We're talking about siblings and brothers. Um, The kind of brother that I want to be, I think of uh, the prodigal son when he returns you know, it says that the father, he saw him from afar off. He was waiting for him to return because he had that expectancy. He had that hope that his son was going to return and he was waiting for him. And when he did, he he didn't let him give his whole spiel of, I'll just become a servant. I'll just do whatever. He just cut him off and just embraced him. He just hugged him. He just loved on him. But it says right after that, and the brother was in the field, you know, he was busy. He was doing stuff, but he should have been waiting there with the father, mm. you know, and I think of how I want to be the kind of brother I want to be. I want to be waiting there with the father when we're waiting for prodigals to return with expectancy. When I pray, you know, with faith, with hope, with, you know, that joy that they're going to return one day. Um, I want to be that kind of brother that's waiting there with the father to embrace, you know, there should have been more people there. It mm-hmm. shouldn't have just been the father and the son, mm-hmm that returned it should have been everyone was there waiting the whole family was there waiting um the the call and responsibility that i believe that god has placed upon my life is is largely in that you know be there to welcome them back Hmm. because they are going to return and i've seen so many people come back i've seen so many people return people that i've prayed for and i can't like i can't say that i prayed those prayers with faith there was a lot of prayers that I prayed just out of redundancy and out of, I know I should, but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe these people would come back. Um, we talk about, you know, a lot of different people that were. Yeah, he's in know, my mind for sure right now. Yeah, no, yeah. I was I was thinking about him the other day. Um, you know, his dad had like gave me this super strong encouragement and I just like, I broke because, you know, he doesn't get to have that with his son anymore. Uh, to see his son walk away, but God is is faithful. You know mm-hmm. what's funny in the, in the conversation we're having, 
um, I realized, you know, don't don't sleep on on the on the impact of being on someone's mind hmm. or having someone yeah. on your mind. Oh, for sure. You know, you talked about your grandma earlier, but I think, it, and I love the prayer life. I love that story, but I think I think there's even another additional um, ingredient there in that someone you were on her mind. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like it isn't just that there was a book with your name or kneeling right. down. It was like, you know, your person on my mind a lot. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, and I believe that you can experience that or we're around each other, not because I'm telling you that or because, right. you know, you th- that does something. There's something there. There's something mm-hmm. there that's uh, um, that we're going to know more about when we stand in the presence of God, mm. when we understand what it's like to really use all of our mind and when, when our eyes are, when the fog is lifted, right, and we are able to see clearly as what we once saw in a fog, you know, and, mm. and we're going to stand before the Lord and truly have, understanding yeah. of each other like how we feel towards each other and the impact but there's be, as a christian you experience a little more of it than non-christians mm-hmm. and because you do and because spiritual things are discerned spiritually there is a depth to someone being on your mind mm-hmm. you know and like it's it's just like i knew who was on your mind we didn't mention names, right. dude. Like I know exactly who who you're talking mm-hmm. about before you mentioned details of him, right? Yeah. Because he's always on my mind. Yeah. And if he heard this right now, he would know exactly who I'm talking about because mm-hmm. he knows he knows he's always on my mind. Like yeah. and and you guys are always on my mind, you know? And and in recent relationships I've even built with other guys, you know, like the Lord puts them on my mind. Sometimes I I, I, I try to correct myself because we lie when we say uh, so often we do pray for people and that's true, mm-hmm. but so often we replace, Hey, I've been praying for you with the reality that like, you've been on my mind mm-hmm. and yep. let's just be honest with people because there is power in that too. When someone's, when God's putting someone in your heart, do you like putting them in your mind? Like that that i i'm witnessing at this table how that impacted you with your own grandmother yeah right like that there's power there dude and you know my brothers it's funny dude like my literal brothers are it is the best relationship that brothers could have but my spiritual brothers it is also the best relationship Mm. that spiritual brothers could have like i have brothers in the lord that have carried me bro like literally as much as it could be literal, dude, it was, it's figurative, but spiritually mm-hmm. have carried me yeah. like, like I was out at sea, bro, like straight up out at sea. And there were brothers who like showed up in a boat and carried me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so, and, they, and there was never an agreement or like a, a transaction there. It wasn't like, hey, dude me throwing them you know a message hey i'm out at sea (laughs) like can you come and save me like i didn't some certain scenarios i didn't even realize i was out at sea but i was drowning and there were people that came dude and they like they were there so you know when you talk about the example that's been planted into you by family and then replicated in godly family like that is huge Mm -hmm. it also i i i I don't ever want to make you feel uncomfortable, but it also is an example of a calling because there's a reason why 
God allows your mind, your eyes mm -hmm. to perceive things that not all the sheep are perceiving. Mm. And you could run from that all you want, yeah. but the reality is, is that it's just the evidence of the calling. It's like when your heart bleeds mm. for people, like it's because you were intended for them always to be on your mind because you can't shepherd people if they're not really on your mind. Mm -hmm. You could fake it all you want. You could get good at teaching. You could get good at, at doing the whole, whatever people are filming and posting and all that you could get, you could nail that. You could take classes on how to speak, how to communicate all yeah. this stuff. But the bottom line is you're not shepherding nobody if they're not always on your mind. Mm. Mm. You know? Wow. Well, I want to know what's interesting is, uh, this past week I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, saying out loud your brother's name johnny and I, as i called him the next day i was like you, you yeah it was weird i was like dude i woke up and i was like johnny and i was like what the heck <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i i called him and I, I haven't talked to him in a while and so this is a guy who i brought him to my work at, at alliance i, I uh, said hey i recommended him and he got the job um and you know, we, we, I check in with him a lot. And then just over the like months, like I just kind of, he, he got busy. He's taking care of his dad. Uh, I'm terrible at keeping contact with people. And it's just been some time. And I was like, man, I haven't hit this guy up in forever. And so after that, that night this week, I call him just to say, what's up, see how he's doing. And I'm thinking like, oh, let me see how he's doing. Let me see if like, I can like, you know, pour into him minister or, or just kind of comfort him anything that's going on in his life mm -hmm. i'm just open for it and he starts sharing with me like <clears throat> things that he's going through and struggles and 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 also just how uh he he's asking for prayer but then dude like the lord just like flips the whole situation and all of a sudden like i just feel myself like on like it was weird like in a moment in a day like this past this past week uh, i just kind of had the the anxiety turned up a little bit in my life and also the just kind of when you're out by yourself working for a whole day all of a sudden like you just feel kind of like lonely and all and then you have just the anxiety and all of a sudden I, I just came to this place where i'm talking to this guy at the end of my shift and i would just start just pouring my heart out to him dude and he's like hey man like I want you to know that I'm I'm your brother alongside you, dude, mm -hmm. and that, um, you know that I, I pray for you, and it, it's just like the love was started to flow from him to me, and I was just like, whoa, what the heck? Like, I wasn't expecting that, you know. And sometimes the Lord just does that, where you feel like you're. Sometimes we go, we have like an agenda. Let me go minister, mm. you know. Yeah. And then we realize that we're the ones who need the ministering too. Oh yeah. Yeah, my brother Johnny, dude, has a. Uh just God gave him an extra dosage, bro, of, of love, really. Mm -hmm. Like, Johnny has zero performance. Like, zero. He's like, there's not an ounce of him that is um, putting on, you know, shining. Like, doesn't have, in fact, most of our life, growing up as kids, it was me and him, like, and Johnny was picked on, made fun of, self-conscious, like quiet in the room, 
you know, wallflower, like all our life. And the weirdest thing about Johnny when it comes to siblings is he's always celebrated my accomplishments. Like you never see that with siblings. You always see competition like or like them or people saying he's he's got this, but he's got that. Like people mm. trying to show like also him, yeah. Johnny zero bro like zero like but i'm this but i'm that none of that bro he just since since i was born he has celebrated people's attention towards me like everything i've ever done any talent i've ever had he's like literally been number one like in the front row like wow. never ever like and this is like god gave him this like mm -hmm. he he didn't like learn it or like see it and be yeah. like that's like he has mm -hmm. that right mm -hmm. but one of the other things that my brother john and he wouldn't would not care about me sharing this one of the other things that my brother johnny has is because he sees nothing in himself mm. he has a hard time getting off the ground mm. like when he when he hits when he fall like hits the ground or he just feels like worthless He's just like, I am worthless. Mm. He's just like, and it's like, he has no idea, bro, like how not worthless he is. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when I hear about like Sal getting just a little sprinkle of that even, it like, I, it pours, it like tugs my heart, bro, mm. because I know like what he is and and i also i get to witness because i teach him every single sunday mm -hmm. mm. it's crazy like i go to teach my dad right and every sunday and johnny and his wife are there because they're my dad's caretaker which is why i'm gonna have to end the conversation and leave actually because johnny is actually down mm. with the flu right now and i gotta take my dad to his appointment he's 80 years old and that's a whole other separate issue that my what my dad's going through but so but johnny like he's just bro he's so selfless dude like mm. and he and god's doing this tremendous work in his life right now right now in this season that i've been able to go and teach him and he even he even, like i don't want to speak out of turn but he's been praying about coming with me on wednesdays here um Cause I just know how important that aspect is needed as an example for believers, bro. Yeah. Because Johnny mm -hmm. not only feels that way in the Lord, like where he just celebrates what God's doing in other people. He's taught me to celebrate what God's doing yeah. in other people and, um, to be selfless, dude, to be, a, to be a person who genuinely finds joy in like watching what God does in other people, you know, and I got to experience that recently. I went to go speak at a conference and he was speaking at the conference and angel was speaking at the conference um and like to watch god work through cell like as he was teaching and watch god work through angels he was teaching and like mm -hmm. to just be in the audience and be receiving from that was such a blessing and in younger times of my life whenever it came to topics of teaching matters of teaching all I could ever see is like, like what I needed to do. Mm. Like, that's mm -hmm. all I could think about. Like I would even 
turn off my mind in worship. I couldn't even focus on anything mm. else because I'm thinking about what it is that God showed me or what it is I need to say and what, yeah. and you know, I was wrong. I was mm. wrong. Like I had it wrong, you know, and, and God has taught me that recently through my brother. And, and I also want to encourage you, dude, like I, I, I know, <laughs> I know that you deal with, it's funny, like pride is an interesting thing, you know, because when no matter how much we know what we're not, it still creeps in the back door, mm -hmm. you know, and you're, when you're aware that you're prideful, like when you're like, dang, I still have pride. Like I want to be humble so bad, but I still have it. It's this fight that it really, it's a healthy fight though. It's fighting the good fight. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a good battle to be in, to be fighting off your pride. All And I think all three of us at this table fight off our pride, you know, and, and it's funny because people will probably be like, you're so humble all the time do you, or do you i don't fight off pride yeah <laughs> are you right like uh, you're so humble like you probably hear that all the time but we're nah. we're <laughs> <laughs> i wish <laughs> but um but we fight off pride in different areas you yeah. know um but it's just such a reminder and uh, uh so good dude i don't know hmm johnny keep johnny in prayer let's pray for johnny dude can we pray for johnny yeah absolutely you want me to pray yeah, I don't want. We don't need to end it or nothing. I don't think. Yeah, just lift him up in prayer right now. Yeah, I just want to pray for him, dude. Oh yeah, we got time. Yeah, let's pray for him right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we lift up our brother to you as he's come up in conversation. Father, just bless him, Lord God. Uh, I pray, Father, for his his work that he's doing with his dad, Lord, that you give him strength, Father, just that he would continue even to to lead his family. But Lord, on not so much on the, the outwork, Father, but I pray, Father, for, for Johnny's heart, his mind, and as he's doing all these things, Lord, that he, he would just be so aware of your presence. I, I pray, Father, that uh, those things that he is hoping and praying for, Lord God, that are from you, Lord, that you would bring those things into fruition, Lord God, that you would continue to give him that spiritual discernment, Lord, and that insight, that spiritual knowledge, Father, that gifting, Father, I pray that you would just allow him to, to continue to use that, Father, for your kingdom. Lord God, we lift up just his, um, his health. Lord God, his work, I pray, Father, you would just continue to put a hedge of protection around them. And Lord, I, I pray, Father, that you would just have your Holy Spirit empower him mightily. And we love you. We praise you and thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That's, That's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, so crazy, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you just get those spiritual nights where it's just like you're just waking up at 2.30 in the morning, dude. And Hearing people's names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's crazy, though. I don't know. Dang. Do you, do you think – do you have something in your heart that you're praying like – Man, Lord, I'll, I'm I'm down to just do whatever you want me to do. But there's this little, and if you can't speak on it, bro, honestly, no, I respect I mean, that. Um, I think the part of me that keeps it quiet is the part of me that like I don't want to be the guy known as oh he never got to see that vision come to pass. And it's that again we we were talking about pride, but a large part of that is like. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to, I don't want people to see how that was just like a, you know, a, something that he saw and never got to see come to pass. But 
Um, no, there's like a lot of big things and there's a lot of little things, but it's it's not like something so specific. Mm-hmm. I just uh, like God will put an idea on my on my mind and on my heart, and I just oh that'd be cool, and then I just I I start praying about it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it's like it's got to be so specific, and mm-hmm. I always envied the people who had the specifics. Had the specifics. <laughs> You're like man, yeah, um, they sure. knew exactly. They knew like where they needed to go, what they needed to do, yeah. how they. Like it was yeah. just so laid out all yeah. at once, and they have I, it with God in a way that we're strange to. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. Know what no, I mean? I'm yeah. Like, what's the secret? Tell <laughs> yeah, me, tell yeah, me. But no, um, just... it was. It's something that God has, for sure, used to instill faith in my life, um, because I remember thinking I needed to know all these things, but God just like I'm faithful to provide for all of your needs, and what I have revealed to you is all that you've needed revealing. Mm. You know. And there's sometimes where I just want all the little details to to be made clear, you know. But where where's the trust in that? Where's the faith in that? Mm-hmm. And I think it it mm. does bring me joy and comfort. Uh, it at one point it brought me sorrow and it brought me anxiety and fear and doubt and worry, not being in control. Uh-huh. But now it's like a, I'm not in control. Like God, you're in control. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not in my hand. It's not up to mm-hmm. me. It's it's up to you. And when I the moment I put my hands on it. You know, I'm hindering that work. I am, you know, stopping the flow of, you know, what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really just like seeing that we've been called to the battle, to the warfare, to, mm-hmm. to be in there. But, you know, he says, you need not fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I just have to be in the battle. I have to be where God's called me to be. Mm-hmm. I have to be still. I have to have my heart right before him. And I get to see God work. And I'm okay being having that front row seat. Like I, I'm okay with that now. I think at one point I needed to, like I thought I had to go charge, you know, and I had to have the shield and the sword, just the spear, mm. just running, sprinting to the front lines. But you know, that's that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to see so much more. Just God, victory after victory after victory, not. Not having to try and earn that now, but knowing that's a that's a viewpoint and that's the place that I get to wage warfare from. Mm. You know, I don't have to earn victory, but victory is the place that I wage warfare from. Hmm. It, it's uh, so I guess to to answer, you know, is there a specific? Thing? <laughs> it's 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 yes and no. Um, yeah. Like I have a lot of like things that God would put on my heart. Man, that'd be cool if this and yeah. this and this, and I, I don't know where. God wants sure. that to go. But at the same time, like if I'm not the one to do it, I'm okay with that mm-hmm. now. You know, I want I do want to interject real quick and, yeah. and share something with you. I, I think if you sat down and you put all of those things, even the ones that you have let go of, like mm-hmm. you were like at one point you're like, I'm going to go. And then you're like, ah, oh, let that go. Yeah. Like I'm, that's, I think it might be this now. I think if you sat down and, and you like wrote those down on a little piece of paper, yeah. right. And put them in a line. I think you would find a common thread between them mm-hmm. and that if you just prayed <clears throat> on that, you would understand that that's your calling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and like one of the things like when we talk about calling and um, it was, it was a huge idol for me. Mm. Like I remember seeking the Lord for a long period of What's time. What's my title, huh? Like what is my calling and yeah. what are the gifts and I only sought the Lord for mm-hmm. what his hand could provide to yeah. me. 
and I didn't seek the Lord for his face. And so Mm. it's almost then there became like the other extreme where I was just like, I'm just seeking your face. And like, I didn't want any like part in whatever. Like, it sounds almost like Mm. it's hard to put to words, but I just was okay and content with, you know, being in the secret place and being on the mountaintop, but never venturing down that mountain because I was just seeking that mountaintop experience rather than having that mountaintop experience. And now it's like, I need to go take people there. Yeah. I need to like show them like mm. there is a God on this mountaintop and it's the same God within the valley. Mm. But from that perspective, yeah, I think God would take me to a high height and I would get to see so much. And there's like, I could see, oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. And I'm almost like on this figurative mountain looking down on all the things that could be something that would be like God is calling me to. Mm. But, you know, you don't see the details from that high up. Mm -hmm. You don't know like when that takes place. You don't know how that takes place. You don't know like the details. But as you go down the mountain, you know, you don't see the big picture anymore, but you're where God can operate. Mm. And I, I mean, just reading through Exodus, like you see like, you know, when Moses was on the mountaintop, God was ministering to him. He was receiving all these things from the Lord. But when the people were without Moses, like, like what did they do? They worshiped idols. They mm. made images of gold for themselves. And there's a response. There's like a responsibility for the leader to not just stay there in the mountaintop mm-hmm. and like have like this almost like higher spiritual experience. But it's like, you got to get down into the work and, yep. you know, into the nitty gritty. Yeah, put, yeah. put your hands mm-hmm. on the tools, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was this uh, older gentleman who uh, <laughs> was ministering to, to me one years back. And he was kind of for most people. He, he was kind of, um, no, I shouldn't say for most people. Um, but some people viewed him as being kind of mean and kind of rough. <laughs> And the Lord still uses anyone. And I mean, and, and not, this guy's right, like right on. It's just some people view him as being rough. Um, me and Mike had some instances with him anyway. But <laughs> he, uh, one time I asked him, it was in, in a class setting. I asked him, hey, um, how do you, uh, why does God reveal things mm. to his servants? Because in the scripture, it was coming up where God would reveal things. And at that time in my life, I felt like like God was showing me visions and things of the future that like would might come into play in my life. And I was struggling with it. Like what? Like it's causing anxiety in my life. It's causing me stress mm. of what's going to happen next. And so I asked him that in a class setting. And one of the lessons that he said that I still ca- take to this day is he said, you know, uh, sometimes we think we need to get from point A to point Z, just like a skip over. Yeah. And he's like, but God, he's like, he's just going to take you right to step B first. And then he's mm-hmm. going to show you things on that journey for the next step and then the next step. And sometimes uh, we're, we're thinking about how we need to stress out to get all the way to the end, but God's going to lead you step mm-hmm. by step. And then for me personally, the things that, I felt was like step Z. God was just like, later on yeah. in life was like, nope, nope. But 
but still continuing the step-by-step process right. mm. and showing me more of, okay, this is now the direction of, of yeah. where I'm going to go. And, you know, I, th- I, I think that's valuable for, for people to just kind of, what has God given you today? Mm. Mm. Um, are, who are you ministering to today? Mm-hmm. Like where has God placed you? and be attentive to yeah. to the flock that God has given you. Yeah, you really only have today, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, all your accomplishments, when people shake your hand and they're like, oh yeah, this guy, actually you don't have that. Like that's <laughs> gone. Like whatever it is that makes them think you're awesome, you've already spent that. It's already in the bank mm-hmm. or whatever. And then we always have this projection you talk about, like even an idol. It's like, oh, dude, because if you know, I I realize now that God closed that door because He's bringing me here, and I realize now that He brought me here because of what He's gonna do. And you don't have that. Mm-hmm. You, you you don't have that either. You know, mm-hmm. and He tells us that He tells us like you're not promised tomorrow. You know, so we really don't have all that stuff. You know, and it's kind of a it's a smoke and mirrors thing, like for us to be too obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, one of the things I'm super excited about right now that's a big blessing is to lay down a lot of that conversation and to and to surrender to the voice of God and yeah. and just be like, all right, cool. Like I know th- I know that my dad can't have the word unless I bring it to him, mm. and so that's an easy one. Yeah. And then I know that um, God's given me gifts. But I need fellowship. I need uh, companionship, like uh, accountability. I need felt. I need. I need a home church. And so, then it was like that. Also, was easy for me. Like prayed, and the Lord just wants me here. And then it's funny because from there, all of those things you talked about earlier, like you know, you have all these ideas. Oh, it'd be cool mm-hmm. if. And, like I don't have to sit there and wonder. Like, I get to just yeah. get a handful of flyers and go sit and have lunch. Like, okay, because on Wednesday nights, it, it I have to drive all the way past here to get to Whittier and then drive back further than halfway to get to church on Wednesday. So there's no reason for me to go home. So after work, I have, like, these hours to kill. So I go to this like little food court. It's like a packing house kind of place. They turn yeah. the old hostess um, factory into like a like a little eating. It's like a glorified food mm-hmm. what do you, what do you, food court. Mm-hmm. And I go there, and there's like a bar in there, and then there's like these this bomb chicken place called Bolo Chicken, and there's like uh, a doghouse there. There's like just a little crepe thing there. There's a bunch of stuff. But I go and I sit there and I just talk to people like, it's like, oh, what's up? Or like, yeah. you know, the guy will come to pick up the tray and then it'll be like slow sometimes and he'll just be standing there talking to me a little bit. And there's no, there's no like, I needed to, oh, you know what, I'm going to fish, I'm going to start to do this thing. Like, mm-hmm. just being a Christian, like. Yeah. You know, and and feeling like I have this tremendous opportunity to be at at uh, at the trunk of a tree, and let God be dictating whatever direction branches mm-hmm. will grow, and not to have the obligation to answer and say, "Okay, 
we're officially going to see a branch grow this way. Mm-hmm. We're officially going to start this or start that. Like mm-hmm. literally to focus on what God's already brought, which is whatever people are here, yeah. to see them, to <clears throat> have them be on my mind and to love them. And then to just let God do whatever he wants to do, you right. know, it's yeah. such a, it's such a blessing and unique thing that I don't want to fail to acknowledge hmm. that is a blessing in my life mm-hmm. right now, you know, because, um, there were many seasons when I couldn't tell what God was doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing. All I feel is failure, like and loss and separation, like all I could feel. And so to be into this place has been cool, mm-hmm. you know, and I, like to clarify too I, I think there's a lot of things that God has revealed to me and I can say that with assurance because there's scripture to back it up and there's a lot of ideas that I have that God has not yet given scripture to and so I'm totally like I'm not trying to put anyone down but there's a lot of people that especially like young people that I like talk to that I deal with it's um they like oh yeah God told me this or God told me and, and I want to like <laughs> I am fighting the urge to be like, what scripture did he show you? Yeah. You know, because like they have this feeling, they have this like thought. And I mean, mm. our hearts are wicked. Our hearts yeah, are deceitful. Sure. And you can't trust the the thought or just the feeling you have. Mm. And so to, to say, oh, God told me no, or God showed me this, or God placed mm. me. It's like, be careful. Yep. Yeah. Like, so I know for a fact there's a message that God has given me through Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. You know, see, therefore, that you walk circumspect, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Mm. Therefore, don't be unwise, but discern what the will of the Lord is. And in in all of that, like, God, you would call me to teach something that I am mm. terrible at. <laughs> like, you have called me to live a message that I have no ability to live out, to be urgent with time, to be to not procrastinate and sharing with others. Mm. Um, and so those things, like those are clear. Those are solid. Like I know I'm to pour into the youth, like mm-hmm. to not make those same mistakes, to not wander through the wilderness for, you know, a longer time than necessary. Just see what the Lord has for you and enter in. Um, I am always brought back to Deuteronomy six twenty three. You know, he brought us out so that we might be brought in. And it's like mm. we we want to be delivered out of our Egypt. We want to be brought out. But then we're okay to just wander for the rest of our lives in the wilderness to never set foot into the promised land. Um, but you think about it, the people in the wilderness that never got to enter into the promised land, they died because of unbelief. And so mm. within that, it's just like I have a clear view of the one message that God has called me to teach and to live out. Um, I, that, that was the first study I taught. It was in uh, junior high class. I want to say I was like maybe a senior or maybe a, like right out of high school. Mm. And then I was asked to teach again, like maybe a few weeks later. And I remember praying to the Lord again, like, God, what do I teach? And he said, that that's the message I've given you for your life. Mm. And so that was clear. That was like, there's scripture. There's, there's, uh, he's confirmed and revealed like countless times. But there's a lot of those ideas that I have and those things that, oh, it'd be cool, but I haven't gotten scripture on. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say, oh, yeah, I believe oh, God's yeah. calling because yep. I don't know. Yeah. And that, that's some, that's one of those things that's just as simple as sometimes cor- 
correcting our Christianese, you know, like, yeah. like, um, so, like earlier when I talked about saying you've been on my mind instead of the cliche, I've been praying for you. Mm -hmm. Like if you haven't been praying from somebody, don't say it. Like just <laughs> yeah. tell them you've been on my mind. It's mm -hmm. true, you know, and they have been on your mind and that's a good thing. And there's something in, in, in there. And there's nothing wrong with, I want to encourage other Christians too, especially when you have Christian stigmatism around you all the time. The like, oh, well, don't say that. Don't say that. You know, all that. You, you sometimes are afraid to say, I want to do this. Mm. Like, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like right. to drive to New York. Or yeah. you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to visit Africa or something like that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with the, the Lord hearing that yeah. and then answering that opportunity. I agree. Yeah. And, 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 but there is a whole other level to tell somebody God told me. Right. And that needs to be held in reverence. Yeah. You know, and one of the be most beautiful opportunities I've ever had in my life is to take young people and to like get their attention and to like begin to teach them that. Mm -hmm. Like to watch them become something powerful. Yeah. Because they're realizing just simple communicating reality like because there are times you sit in a bible study and you're learning because the teacher the pastor is doing a good job of teaching and then there are other times that you're sitting in church and god speaks to you mm -hmm. and yeah. you don't hear god speak to you every time you sit in a sermon mm -hmm. sometimes you do yeah. like sometimes people dude every time i listen to this guy teach god speaks yeah. to me that's true too yeah. but a lot of times and it's amazing godliness and a gift I sit and listen to somebody and I grow because they're teaching me yeah. and they're teaching me the things of God and they're teaching me the word of God. And so I, it is impacting mm -hmm. my life. And that is the role of a pastor many times, but we, we blur, we blur our communication with cliches. Hmm. Right. Like all we need to do is just be clear about what we're really saying. And God will really use that exactly. in a huge yeah. way, you know, and that's what our next generation needs because they've already been flooded with, isms like hmm. like they they have stigmas in their mind as to what a pastor is what a christian is what a right. church is you know but we're not all the same mm -hmm. we're, we're we're as real as a real conversation and if we focus on really being honest and communi communicating um with truth hmm. i feel like we could really impact this generation you know one of the things god's been really speaking to me about speaking to me about through his word is that sometimes i get fed up with what i'm looking around at happening mm -hmm. but god's not fed up with people nope he's not fed up and he's not you know sick of them he loves them and it's hard it's because we get sick of people mm. yeah you know, and we get sick of what ha what's happening and how cultures and all the stuff that they're they're pushing on us, and mm -hmm. it's so easy to turn them into enemies. You know, but the Lord's been speaking. I'm not sick of them. Don't mm -hmm. hit. Don't strike the rock, Mikey. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'm not sick of them. Like, I love them, and I'm looking for how I'm going to use somebody to show them, open their eyes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it halts me, dude, because yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an old soul enough to feel like an old man that's just like, let them all burn, take us home, Lord. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's an old enough man in me to feel that way, but there's also the voice of God that's like, yeah. I have made you for such a time as this, mm -hmm. and I want you to go out, and it is the goodness of God that draws a man to repentance. Mm -hmm. like. God loves you and you can change. Mm. 
like that's what they need to know not Mm -hmm. not you need to change or look what you're doing it's god loves you and you can change you know and just it's crazy man that that reminds me of the importance of being who god made you to be Mm. because sometimes we could as you were sharing uh, i was reminded of how this past week you i remember on wednesday you're like oh man god showed me this which is not something that i said during my teaching but during the teaching right with what i was talking about he was like this is what god showed me and for me all of a sudden like the light bulb went on in my head was that if i try to be the voice of god for people mm they will miss out on the voice of God. <laughs> that's so <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's so true, so, bro. But yeah. if, I, if I just say, okay, Lord, Obedient, yeah, huh? let, me, let me be who you made me to be. Let me speak what you're showing me and just add, like, yeah, yeah. obedience. I, there's power in that. Yeah. And that's not just with, with teaching, but that's also with the, the gifts that God has given people where if they would just simply be and not strive to be what someone else is, yeah. but be uh, who God made them to be. The impact of the spirit would just flow like just powerfully, you know, it's killing it, bro. Cause think about this, like, especially when you're teaching other teachers, like there's one or two things you're going to do. You're either going to let God speak through you because if you're not, you're just competing. Mm-hmm. Like, and if your focus is on, I'm going to kill this sermon, I'm going to deliver such an amazing sermon that my brothers will know, like, oh, dang, he brings it. If that's on your mind, that's all you're going to get. Yep. Mm. That's all you're going to get. Like, But if you're just obedient and surrendering to God, the only way you could teach other teachers is by God doing what you didn't even realize he was doing through you. Like, you're, you're, te- you're just mm-hmm. giving the text. And they're sitting there, dude, and and they're just hearing God. Like, mm-hmm. God's like, and that's that's what it's so cool about like i mean i'm not trying to constantly go back to like like the opportunity that god's given me to be here but i can't i can't encourage somebody that i spent a lot of time discipling unless i encourage them in what god's doing through them mm. like dude what god's doing yeah. like god raises a man God puts him where he's at and God's going to do what he's doing. And that's all that we are as vessels for what he's doing through us, you know, like, and, and that's what I'm growing off of Mm. right now. Mm. What God's doing, like, dude, you know, we live in a season where you could just go online and find an amazing scholar, teacher of God, find your favorite, find your favorite. You could just Mm -hmm. find, you know, the best out there. And there's people that are with the, they have all of the 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 weapons, right? Yeah. From the heightening of your voice to make sure that you don't lose the attention of people, to being animated enough and funny enough and emotional enough and deep enough mm-hmm. and you know a great vocabulary that can bring points home and illustrations and dude, dude there's guys that could hammer all of that in yeah. in a nice, perfectly served meal. Mm-hmm. But why is it? that we don't all just have one pastor then if we could just find that guy just let him be the world's pastor you know and it kind of leads me to a place where i have a scary thought that one day there's going to be somebody that's going to show up that does have all those things perfectly lined up 
mm. and everybody collectively will agree that's the way it should be done. Yeah. And that dude is going to be the enemy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yep. so what a crazy, you know, it's, it, the, I think the, the arc of the conversation brings us to something it starts with, which is you talking to the story about being this little kid, you know, and how you were raised and how there was just, there was just this dad and mom. They weren't teaching us how to tell your kids to be a Christian. They were just being Christians who were going through things like, yeah. hmm. that's crazy. That's a crazy reality. Like there's some, some dad right now is a pastor. He's hoping his son will become his predecessor, like take mm -hmm. over. And he's like, listen, remember, like you don't want to lose them either, you know, while you're teaching and you want to remember and yeah. like, no bro, like just be that Christian in his life. And like, like water him you know mm -hmm. and that's what i want so i think that's our the kindred heart between me and you is that we want to see younger people around us mm. we want to water them yeah. and just watch them become something dope like different than each other even you know like yeah. they just this guy has this and this dude has such an academic mind by nature and you know and this person if they could only stop putting their eyes on their shoes and they actually look up there would be something mm -hmm. something amazing they don't even see it you know and so crazy man uh, i think back to like just what we were saying before like you know the the deep talks with bo like that was like the like a, a hashtag that i'd use or whatever <laughs> just because like we'd be out so late mm -hmm. it like in just nonsense like hours but that still carried for a long time like after like long after me and Sal would do that. So like new group of friends mm -hmm. or a new group of brothers that I was real close with. That's what you do. Yeah. But you know, like God really convicted me on it. Like you're having these deep talks with Bo, like they're, you're cutting into their fellowship with me and you mm. don't see that. Mm. And I, I thought to be a good friend, it meant to be there for someone 24 seven, to mm. be a good brother. You're there for them 24 seven. But I realized they were spending more time with me than they were with the Lord. And you know, shame on me if I'm a bigger influence on their mm. life than God is. They started growing mullets too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that, that happened later. <laughs> but man, I was like so like, like just distraught by that. You know what though, Bo, like I, I, I want to say it, it is part of God's, I want to just remind you that yeah. it, it is part of God's design that he creates shepherds, he creates pastors and people follow, mm. you know, and um, every every leader has that if he especially if his eyes are on the lord has that self-conscious because there's one shepherd mm -hmm. see it's interesting that that the word pastor means shepherd and god calls us to be pastors but yet he reminds us that there's only one shepherd mm -hmm. right. so that that conundrum is placed there purposefully yeah like you're always intended and I've, i i can guarantee you he feels that way too and i feel that way too like you there's a conviction anytime people start to become fans like they're just like dang like I like the way he does that or I like because you're not, you're mm -hmm. not the shepherd, right. you know what I mean? But don't forget that like God gave us that right. also, you yeah. know, and it just depends if, if, if the conviction is that they're having conversation more than they're having conversation with God, just make sure that the conversation points them towards that right. mm -hmm. instead of cutting off the conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I think it was just like I had to find a balance. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and what's, what's neat is 
I definitely pray for them more than I talk to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like that's the healthy like guideline that God gave me. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm praying for them more, more than, than I am talking to them. Talking to them <laughs> that's like, kind of cool. Like so be it. Um, and what what I think of too, um, you know, just that time that I get to spend with the Lord. But I had these like heavy things on my heart. I want to see like family members come to the Lord mm. or family members return to the Lord. I want to see friends from high school get saved. And that was like always like a dream and passion of mine. And I think a lot of the young guys that I was pouring into had that same thought and passion. But then like it just like in the common sense, like if I'm out like till 1, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and that's almost every day of the week, like when am I going to have time to minister to my friends, to my family members if I'm always busy? If I'm always having that time consumed with others, mm-hmm. you know, like there had to be a balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so neat, like taking a step back from like just that involvement with a lot of people. Uh, I've seen like so many friends come to the Lord. Um, I had a few guys that I've been praying for for years. And one thing that um, I like to do is like I just like to look through my yearbook mm. and I just pray for all the faces. Um, a lot of people I've never talked to. I didn't. I, I. I wonder if I'd even recognize if I were to see them today. But I, I just pray for them. And there's almost like, I believe like in Nehemiah. You know, you're positioned in that gap, and hmm. sometimes the the question arises like, God, is there anyone else besides me praying hmm. for these people? Because if it's all upon me, like God, that's that's frightening. That's terrifying. If it's if I'm the only Christian praying for these people, hmm. but. Like just taking less time talking and being out and more time like interceding on behalf of others um, just as a praise report. Mm. One of my buddies, he was a he was an atheist in high school and we we were best friends. We would I would go to his house like almost every day. Um, but that was the one thing that like divided us. And then especially like when, you know, I fully committed my life to the Lord there was like a there was a disconnect and mm. we had too many we had a lot of similar interests and that kept us together but the one thing that became my most like the interest of my heart of my soul of my life that was the one thing that we'd like you know butt heads on mm. and uh i remember praying for him and then maybe a few weeks ago i remember praying from that morning and then i see him at at the shops uh him and his him and his girlfriend who like they were together in high school and I was just like man I was just in my mind I was thinking Lord you're crazy I was just praying for this yeah. guy and he he's like dude I got a new number like we got to link up we haven't talked in years probably like mm-hmm. five six years yeah. um and so we're grabbing coffee and he's like I've been a Christian for three years no, no way. Way. <laughs> and then he's like I, I serve him, I serve me and my and now they're they're engaged and he's like me and my fiance we serve in the children's ministry together at our oh, church wow. and i like could have cried i could have died like, crying yeah. like, but like tears and yeah. i was like laughing yeah like, dude. i was just so happy and joyful For sure um it was such a relief and um i had told him like one of the things i regret most was like there was a love that i had discovered and i had no um i did such a poor job telling you about it huh. telling our friend group about it the people we had classes with and he's like there's nothing you could have said so true that would have brought me to the lord so true and you have to return to your dad's example that we've been talking about like 
living it out yeah, yeah just you are it. you are you have the love of god like yeah. enough for that to be the first thing that he wants to tell you when you guys talk right exactly right so he know he knew that he knew so he knew your passion yeah. for the lord it's just and that's the thing you, you because you disciple people or not forget that sometimes that word scares me away because that's when we turn it into a thing you know just yeah, be yeah. it you know but <laughs> but because there's so many young guys that you pour into you know you want to correct that the same way that the Lord's correcting it in you and that you don't want them to get stigmatisms about, I didn't like that guilt thing. Like I didn't do enough. Like mm. I could have been doing more, yeah. you know, I didn't, you know, it's like, wait a minute, dude, we're not <clears throat> doing anything. Right. We're not like, none of us mm -hmm. are really doing anything when it comes to the penetration of the heart. Right. That's mm -hmm. the Holy spirit working through us. That's yeah. God, that God saves people, not people, you know, yeah. we know that, but, but we're so bent on, especially when you have that evangelical heart, yeah. because you know people are going to hell. Yeah. So you're like, I'm gonna go save people. No, you're not. You're not. You're not gonna <laughs> yeah. save anybody. Like you're really yeah. not. You know. And it's I, so crazy. I think too. Like it's easier for us to to put the weight on our shoulders, so we take responsibility when things go bad. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't change our view of God, mm. but we just end up viewing ourselves like way I worse. Failed. I yeah. failed. And it's so much easier to mm. um, walk with guilt and shame and take responsibility for something that you have no control over than to just trust the Lord mm. to like, just God, if you spoke this, you're going to do it. Yeah. And as simple as that, I'm going to obey. And I'm just going to trust that you are doing what you say you are doing. But it's just so much easier to feel sorry, to feel the guilt. Oh, the reason that person walked away from God is my fault. <laughs> the person that person, yep. the reason why that that person isn't saved, it's it's me mm. because I did a terrible job. Yeah, or that one chance I had to share, yeah, I, like, I didn't drew a blank or whatever. And mm. it it's not up to us. It's not you, dude. It's yeah. so crazy. I carried a huge weight on my shoulders for years, um, and sometimes it still tries to creep up on me. But it is in the statement of. I, what I should have said, like mm. what I could have oh, said. Yeah. Oh man, that, that All thought the is the worst. Like, especially after teaching, you know, this, like mm -hmm. you look down, Oh, I could have, oh, why didn't I, or like, <laughs> you know, and you ever have someone like after you teach, they like, Oh, that really made me think about blah, 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 blah. blah. And you're like, Oh, that, that, was, <laughs> that would have been perfect. Yeah. Study. yeah. No, but see, but that's because mm. th that's because the teaching worked. Yeah. What happened was that's what God was teaching. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's yeah. what God taught. Not what I was teaching, what God was teaching. It's mm -hmm. so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, that happens all the time here. Like, it happens all the time when I'm listening. Because I, I can't listen as a critic. I can't just be like, like, it's weird because until I started coming here, that is what I was. It's like, like, yeah, just try to focus. Like, how to, pointers, you know? Like, and then once I started coming here, that part of my mind shut off. Like, I'm not. I'm not sitting here grading anything, right? I'm I'm like, I'm just like listening for what I'm learning through the word. And that's another thing too, like, cause Christians will be like, dude, God hasn't been speaking to me. Like learn bro, like learn, yeah. like that's worth something. It's God's word. Yeah. And, 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 and it never comes back void. Learn, like you mm -hmm. could literally get information out of that and like look up stuff and learn things like mm -hmm. about the Bible, you know, yeah. and it's effective. But also don't just mistakenly blur that with God speaking to you through mm -hmm. his word. Like mm -hmm. he does that too. You know, earlier we were talking about it's so crazy about God um, speaking 
something that you weren't even trying to say through your study, like somebody like heard something. And I always think back to the impossible statement that the Bible makes when it says, um, and if all the things that Jesus did were recorded, no books would be. And it's just like, how is that possible? But I have this like crazy idea mm -hmm. that when whenever we're teaching, let's say like five, like five verses and you teach a hour Bible study or 40 minute Bible study or something, right? With five verses, you didn't put that in there. You drew that out of there. Mm. You didn't put 45 minutes into three verses. You drew 45 minutes out of three verses, which means it was there. Mm. Now, maybe when that statement was written, the author was aware just for a glimpse of how many layers of things Jesus was doing at the same time. Like we get to watch the story as observers, Jesus by the well, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that is, if you just had only Jesus at the well, your whole life wouldn't be able to see all that's there. You're not old. You won't be old right. enough. Like mm -hmm. the layers of what he's doing and how that will echo into eternity mm. is, is unfathomable. And that's what Christians need. Sometimes I think even scholarly guys, like guys that are amazing, everybody looks at them, the most scholarly pastor you've ever seen. Sometimes I think they fail in this area because they literally think that they know the Bible. Like mm. they're like, oh, dude, you taught you taught Second Corinthians all wrong. That should be that's always been about this. Like you 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 missed the point of it. And it's like, wow, you like this person really thinks that they've encompassed everything that's in that portion you know yeah. and that's a crazy misstep i i think you know and i i kind of trip out on that yeah what you're sharing is how sometimes god has to remove you from the situation really to so you could take a step back and let him do the work mm -hmm. and i think in, in your case it's taking a step back from your friend who was lost um and just letting god do the and not that what you were doing wasn't part of the plan or that like you were doing wrong but i i love it to because that that same instance happened with me recently there's a guy who i was pouring into giving him the best arguments that i could about because he believed in in god and jesus but he was not following him and giving him the best arguments and reasons of why it, it would benefit to yeah. give your life to the lord and uh, and then at the end of it, like we just lost touch through, throughout COVID. And then hmm. more recently, uh, I just texted him like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, bro, me and my, my girlfriend have, have devoted our lives to the Lord. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, where was I, dude? <laughs> you know? God's I'm like, where's my credit, bro? And I was kidding. <laughs> now, you know, what's funny about yeah. that, though, too, is like, again, I think going back to how like people being on your mind and, mm. and then making a conscious decision to pray for them there's so much power in prayer and we like miss it so that's why earlier i was so i was so prompted to pray for my brother we've never stopped we're never in the middle of a podcast just like oh let's pray for somebody right now you know i don't know why we i mean we we could it's not that something we wouldn't do but um but yeah man like i think i think part of the reason why i love this podcast so much is how important this is i always say this dude like i don't care about the recording of this conversation half as much as i do about this conversation like yeah you know we've we've done this in cars like mm -hmm. you know for a long time 
but it's it's but think about how much you've been blessed by conversations with people and how much you've grown from conversations with people and all i'm trying to do with it right now is just let other people be part of the conversation Hmm. you know like if that car could sit 30 people in it yeah yeah there's a unique relationship i have with you and you at this table here today which is crazy to me just because really we all met in high school ministry and hmm. and then the the relationship that the lord allowed to grow for years it's to me it, it trips me out because i know that it's not going to stop there hmm. and and when i look back at scenes from our history and past life and you guys were both in my wedding and things like uh, and that's right we both we all we all went down to where san diego or something to stay at a, for my my bachelor party and christian bachelor party it was uh it was suspect. it's, it's it was crazy a suspect back <laughs> scott said oh, something dude that i'm always the trying christian to strippers <laughs> they, they come yeah they it put, was you they put extra clothes on extra layers <laughs> on <laughs> Um, oh Scott said gosh. something in the wedding that I'm always trying to remember. He said he said something hilarious. He said, "Look at this!" Ba-, like he turned around and mentioned like the group of men that were in your wedding. Do you remember what he said? Nah, he did say something. He said like he said like it I, would it like though I would question your judgment. I'm not questioning your judgment with this woman or something like uh-huh. though I would question your judgment <laughs> yeah. by the group of <laughs> but he called us something, dude. Yeah, like this no, mismatched like, uh-huh. and when he said it. It was the most hilarious because I looked at the line of people <laughs> that were there and I was like, oh my God, dude, like we were like mutants, dude. Like, like all, <laughs> that is, we were so mismatched, a, dude. It was funny, on. dude. It was great. But you know, what's interesting because I'm kind of curious. I can't remember where we started, me and you, like, I don't know. What's either. the first, I can't even remember. But the funniest thing though is how close I am with you. And we've probably and like you could probably count the conversations that we've had. Yeah, probably. No, I, when I've I don't even think about that just because I feel so close to you. Yeah. But then when I like now that I'm thinking about it, like, <laughs> yeah, we haven't like that's had very many. That's just literally appeared in each other's lives. Literally, <laughs> there's like you could count them. Like if you were to mm-hmm. put them, if you were to like film them and put them side by side, it's like a, it's like it's like a short, it's like, a it's like nothing, yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> It's really crazy. It's like the way a movie does it. Like it's just they come into a scene and yeah, then, exactly. Like, yeah, later they're in love. Yeah, <laughs> and that, well, that reminds me too of of the other guys in my wedding and guys who you guys are close to. You know, it's like these are men that we should pray for. Mm. You know, and not because people go different directions, start different ministries, different lives, and some of them struggle. Some of them. Mm well they, they need prayer and it, it's it's definitely just for me it's a reminder of hey um i got a brother right now who I'm, i try to reach out to maybe like once a month but he needs it right now hmm. and um you know uh, the people need fellowship they hmm. do so i'm encouraged by you guys um in my life dude i'm encouraged by when i ask you guys hey come teach a friday night study hmm. Both, both, both done that uh, with with the men and Mike subbed for me also, um, because I know that God has blessed me. Mm-hmm. I know that God has put a a, a group of men um, who are strong. You know when I when I look at the lineup of the guys who who I picked, I picked them for spiritual reasons. You know, I was like I I wanted 
guys who I knew would pray for me. Hmm. One of the coolest moments at my wedding, and I actually, I ended up doing this at another wedding, was people, uh, you know, we had the, the best man gave a, a speech and then um, the, the different speeches were going out and the throughout the night the floor was kind of open so there's some dancing going on and Mike came up and he said, hey man, can, can I say something? And I was like, go for it, bro. Um, and he went up there and he gave a toast and I don't remember everything he said, but I remember this part. He He said that, he said, well, at the end of it, hey, why, why don't we all do this? Let's all raise a toast, first of all. And he said, let's make this agreement. Can you guys do this with me? That if Salvador and Lisette ever come to your mind, that you guys will pray yeah. for them. And he's I like, and if, if you guys agree with me on that, raise your glass in the air. And then everyone starts raising their glass. And then he looks to me and he goes, look out at all the people right now. And I was just like, dude. And... I know that the, when I was looking out there, like I just felt like these people will remember this moment. Like they will remember to pray for me and my wife. And, and that was impactful. I think what's crazy too is like picture there is just a small remnant of the mm. people that are actually praying for yeah. mm. That's like a It goes lot, yeah. way beyond just the yeah. people that were there. Yeah. And when we start to like just even think like there, there's people we've never met that have been praying for us. Mm. that are praying for us now just by the specific need we have mm. that maybe we don't even know is a need in our lives mm. yet. I, I think that's just something that I trip out on, like as God provider of faithful provider of all of our needs, like mm. he's faithful to provide people who are praying for mm. us. I wonder how Jesus prays for us. That's so crazy. Yeah. Interceding and he's for always us. forever interceding for us. That's a wild thought. Isn't it, it? never stops. That's like an unfathomable thought. It is yeah. really. You know, there's a there's an illustration that like perpetually lives in my head when it comes to my brothers and when it comes to the body of believers and my pastors like Raldale, like friends, you you guys. And this is an illustration of like a war and like if you had only seconds like you're about to die or you probably won't see them, like you won't see them. Hmm. Like what are you going to give them? And and when there's seconds, it's kind of, I don't know if you've ever had like a like a real goodbye. Like I had a friend recently. I did Bible studies for four years in his in his um, barber shop, and <clears throat> and like he recently moved to Tennessee, and he has no his my relationship with him was just solo. Like I built a relationship with him at that barber shop, and then I went out to eat with him and his wife, me and my wife, and really she was one of my wife's only friends. And um, and they went to move to Tennessee. And, and I remember the goodbye was like they came over like they always come over. And then we were watching TV like they will always do. And then then they like 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 the time the clock was there and it was time to go. Mm. And it was like. That feeling is perpetually living in me mm. like. And so I remember like specifically at the wedding that feeling heightened like it, it just always is with me and then it heightens in moments and it's like what do you give if you just have moments like if you just just have a moment for what could you give and prayer is really the greatest thing that you could give somebody if you have seconds mm -hmm. like it's the greatest thing you could do for them 
And I remember in that moment, it just felt like, a th- like if I could give nothing else, like I'll give this, like mm. these people need to be reminded that we do need to pray for marriages because they're straight up under attack. And then another thing is people need to be reminded that they're being prayed for. Like sometimes when you're feeling all alone, you don't realize there's Christians praying for you, dude. Like you just, but you feel like, and let me tell you, bro, I have felt alone, like in seasons of my life because I've been in heights, dude, heights of like, Oh dude, like really God using me to do this. Yeah. And then I've had lows, bro. Like, what what happened to your servant, Lord? Like, yeah, you know, and it's just crazy. Like, but I was blessed by you today when you were like, these things always they've run my whole life parallel in my life. I received Jesus when I was seven. My mom got cancer when I was seven. I watched a woman get raped when I was seven, and I was forced to watch pornography at seven years old. Like at the same time in my life like the parallels have run deep like right next to each other and i always felt like a war but i was like reminded today about like the harmony between suffering and like power like the lord like Mm. the goodness of god you know and the joy of the lord and and i accept that like i'm no longer fighting the lord like why did you take these things from me like why did you like I see the hardest thing for me for years, bro, was weddings. Like mother, like son dances was like torture, bro. Like straight, like no matter how much I wanted to be freaking a man, like, cause I look at some of my favorite idol people is like Dale. Like you never see Dale dude. Dale talking about his son. Like, and he's just like, should telling you, I'm like, dude, what kind of fire, what kind of power is that? Like for a man to just have, control you know so i've always idolized that like my dad's not a big crier like i'm like and i wanted that but i'm such an emotional wreck like by nature you know but yet i look up to such like toughness like in that way yeah and i've always wanted to be like the last thing i want is pity dude like like when i'm at a wedding it's a mother-son dance like i want people to be thinking about that how beautiful that is like but for a long time, it was torture, dude. It was just like the one thing that I asked for since I was little. And like, it never happened. But recently, and I think specifically at your wedding, actually, I used to walk away. Like, I used to like, oh, go to the restroom real quick. Or I would just like, you know, just like get, dude, just distract real quick. Not in an obvious way. And like the Lord was very clear to me at your wedding. It was like, dude, look and celebrate. Like, look at that. Like how a mother must feel like her son's going to be married and she raised him. All of those emotions, all of that stuff. Look at it and celebrate it. Like, that's beautiful. That's something from God. He made it that way. He designed it that way. And it's a moment that she only has once and he only has once Mm. and like observe it appreciate it and celebrate it and thank the lord that he made that instead of internalizing it selfishly like you know what i mean all those other ways and and so that was something i learned there 
and and applying it to what you said today about the parallel between suffering and joy is mm. is like a much needed perspective you know hmm. that's beautiful man that brings warmth to my heart to hmm. see how god works through <clears throat> your guys's life and i'm included in that um i think there's one uh question we want to end uh this off with boaz mm. and that's um how can we pray for you Oof. <laughs> probably the hardest question first for this guy uh, yeah I don't pray for me pray for other people <laughs> <laughs> honestly that's that's how i feel all the I time know. Uh, i know i know i really feel like my my only trial in life is you know um Myself, uh, honestly. <laughs> no, I really feel that way. Like, uh, I, there's so many people that God has placed around me that I love and that I care for. And I feel so helpless in how I'm supposed to, to be there for them. Um, when they're going through hardships and they're going through trials, and then I just, all I experience is the joy and the intimacy that I have with the Lord. And it's like, God, why? why do you bless me like this? Like they, <laughs> they need it more like they're hurting right now They're, And I guess in a way, like I just end up feeling like I'm weak. I can't help them. And, and I know I can't, but God gives me ability. God gives me strength. Mm -hmm. God pours his love to me that I have something to pour out to others. Um, to, to bring it all in. But one of the things that you had mentioned was, you know, what is that one thing you want to give as if it were like the last thing you would have to offer? Um, I, I just because it's been this this week is like, you know, real emotional for mm -hmm. me. Um, I wanted to share two things before just yeah, yeah, one of it. my favorite stories of my grandpa. Um, when uh, I was little, I was never really little. I was just I was a chunkers, but I, <laughs> I had climbed to, to the top of this tree, my grandma's guava tree. Mm. And it was like, like, I don't even know. It was dangerously high. Like I, I could have died like falling from it. And I had no like ability to get down. I want to say I was like eight, but me as an eight year old, just in third grade, I was wearing a men's medium. I was a, I was a hefty kid. <laughs> um, but I remember my grandpa who was already old, he was already retired. Um, he was like, I'll catch you. And I knew being just how big I was, like my grandpa was a small Filipino man, like like I I just had to trust him and I let go and he like I'm pretty sure he like tore his bicep or something. But I mean he caught me from uh -huh. a high distance Dang. and I could tell he was in pain and I was like I felt so bad. I was like, Grandpa, I'm sorry. And he's like, Don't be sorry, I'm glad you're okay and he's just hugging me while he's like experiencing so much pain. And then I think to my grandma on my on my dad's side, um, we talked about like their last words. Like, so my my grandpa, uh, my dad's dad, he came to the Lord later in life. But when he had passed, he had so much regret. What he was saying on his, his last words, tell everyone, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he 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 died with tears in his eyes. Mm. And the way my grandma had died, she was just saying, thank you. Tell everyone thank you. She never had a birthday mm. party. Her 90th birthday was the only birthday party she's ever had for herself. And when she had all the family and all her friends mm. gathered in the room, she was saying this. Um, she said, this is less of a party for me, but 
I'm celebrating the people that have made 90 years so special to me. Mm. And so, and I guess when, when I, when you ask what, what can you, what can you pray for? I, I want to, I want to be able to have no regrets. I want to be able to be urgent and be faithful with the time that God has given me, with the opportunity uh, that God has given me, not just in, in ministry, but with people, mm. you know, with relationships, with friends and family members. Um, I would hate to spend my life focusing so much on myself, um, but to just really be poured out to others. So um, that, in a nutshell, that's that's my mm. answer. That's what I'm sticking with. Right on. I'll get this one. All right. Cool. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for the blessings, Father, that you give us, Father Jesus himself, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would continue to bless us with fellowship with brothers, Lord. Father, just that we would continue to grow alongside one another. And Lord God, we lift up Boaz to you here. I pray, Father, that you would help him, Father, just show him that purpose-filled calling, Lord, and just reveal those steps to him day by day. Lord, when the enemy tries to attack him with condemnation, Father, even just disguise his guilt, I pray, Lord God, that you, Father, your grace would just conquer, be victorious in Bo's life. And I pray, Father, that there would be a balance, Lord. And I ask, Father, for for Bo, Father, just that he'd be patient with the season that you have him in and that he would continue to to see the blessings and to see the goodness of you today that he'd be there father for his family lord that he would just be blessed by lord god those who are are still alive father and and i pray father for for both future wife i pray father that you would just uh guard his heart lord god and i pray father that you would uh continue to to prepare her lord god prepare him father just for the work that you have for them and Lord God, we, we lift up the ministries that Bo is involved with, Lord, that you would continue to allow him, Father, just to, to be so discerning of your voice of where he needs to be. And Father, that you continue to use him even to bless his parents, Lord. We love you, Lord. I, I pray, Father, for all these things, Lord, that he's asked, Father, that you would just grant him in your timing and we give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Mama coming home. I'm in the next chapter. Put away all my credentials. Then I crucified the actor. Traded all I thought I want to be. For what I know I'm supposed to be. Walking with the Lord.